Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Hey everyone, it's Casey Stubbs with the How to Trade It podcast. And today I am here with Tim Ord from the Ord Oracle, which is an award-winning newsletter about market timing. And he also is an author and many, many years of experience. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Casey. Glad to be here. So I always like to start the show out by asking people how they got started. And I'm always getting people with a lot of experience like yourself. And it's always just fascinating to me to see how people get started in the markets, especially someone like yourself, because I think nowadays the markets are a lot more accessible, a lot more open to people to get started because there's internet, there's online trading, there's education online, there's all this stuff. But back when you got started, it was was a little harder to get in, I think. Yeah, it was. Matter of fact, I got an Make a long story short, I was a math major in college. I graduated from the University of Nebraska, so numbers always made sense to me. And I got into the brokerage business in 1977. They didn't have the internet back then. They did have a couple of market letters back then, very few. One was Joe Granville, and another one was Stan Weinstein. If you're a young whippersnapper, you probably don't recognize those names, but those names back in the 70s and 80s were the pinnacle of market letters at the time. And I took those guys' market letters and totally just fascinated me. Just because back in the day in 1977, when I got into business, technical analysis was really taboo. They thought it was really, it was hocus pocus. The only thing you really should do is do the fundamentals. And I was working with my first brokerage business firm was Dean Witter. They were the big three, Dean Witter, Merle Lynch, and E.F. Hutton were the big three brokerage firms back in the 70s. And Dean Witter, again, was just, they wanted fundamentals. That's the way to go, how to, to buy and sell stocks with two fundamentals. And again, I was a math major. I'm thinking that didn't really fit my forte. But when I started to read Joe Granville and Stan Weinstein, which were a lot more, they were technical back then. They did moving averages. They didn't do any earnings projections or anything like that. They were all sentiment type things and climatic bottoms and all that stuff. And that's where I started to learn about technical analysis. And moving forward, back in the early 80s, I got hired by another firm and I was the vice president options principal. And I started an internal market letter in that brokerage firm. We weren't a huge brokerage firm. We had about two, 300 brokers nationwide. And they wanted to hear what I say because I was kind of the technical analysis uh, guru of that firm. So the brokerage uh, firm asked me if I wanted to uh, write a little market letter. 
actually I didn't write it. What, what we did was we had a answer machine and I put my spiel on that answer machine and the people of the other offices would call up the answer machine. And when they dialed it up, they got my update. And so that's how I got started. And I used to update, did that for a couple, three years. And eventually I started to to work at the brokerage firm and kind of on the side, I started a little market letter. Didn't really have a huge following because we didn't have the internet back in, well, we, we did, but it wasn't really available to the most people. Right. And so I kind of started that way, had a few clients. And as the internet grew, I grew with it. And that's pretty much how I got in the business. But to me, technical analysis makes sense. And it's a lot more dependable than fundamental analysis. So that's kind of on the wayside now. So that's kind of how I got into the business. And I've been doing this since officially since 1989. So I've been through a few bear and bull markets. So I've kind of more or less seen it all. So what do you think is the most important factor that's helped you survive for this long period of time? Because, you know, in the 70s, all the way 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, a lot of different bear markets, a lot of bull markets, a lot of crazy stuff has happened in the world in that amount of time. So have you been able to just be consistent for that long period of time? Actually, I started back doing kind of a ticks and trend thing. We didn't have like quote machines you have now. And what I noticed when the the market would, uh, you know, decline or even crash, I noticed the ticks and all my, uh, a lot of my technical stuff has climatic indicators to them. So what I found out over the past, when everybody's going to the exit door, I came up with readings to buy those people are selling. And I come up with the ticks and trend. The ticks is when they go climatic, that's usually close to a low. When the trend gets up around one and a half or higher, that's close to a low. So I figured out through the year, didn't really read it in any technical analysis books. My work is uh, predicated on uh, panic. And the more panic there is, the closer to the bottom you get. So matter of fact, just recently over the last couple of days, I'm getting a lot of panic readings on the markets here. So there, evidently there's a low right, right around here. Okay, so that's a pretty interesting factor. So you're saying that you have a panic indicator and right now you're seeing people are panicking. Right. And so you're saying that that means a low is coming and you think we could get a bounce here soon? Well, actually it's... The panics is actually kind of extreme across the board. So it's just more than just a rally. It's probably a trend change. We've been, you know, correcting since basically early September. And it looks like to me, we're probably, that correction has been up and down, but it looked like we're finally uh, getting into a low area where a near term rally may start to occur here. And a lot of times the elections, which is next Tuesday, normally if you're going down into the upside, if you're going up into it, a lot of times you pivot to the downside. But since the market's kind of weak here and we've got panic readings in the ticks and trend, most likely it's probably going to be a low right around the election. You know, So we're one or two days away here. So, yeah, that's actually a really good observation. I think that the election could be a catalyst for something, especially if I think the market's kind of just paused right now trying to figure out what's going to happen. They just want to get it over with so they can get back to business yeah. as usual, right? But here's an interesting thing. Uh, normally, if the market's up from August to the election, which it is, normally the current president will stay president. If the market's down from August to the election, then there's a change of uh, leadership. So according to the markets, 
the market's predicting Trump. I'm not political, but I don't care which way we go. But the market right now, as it sets, we got a couple more days to go, but it's predicting Trump will be the president because it's okay. not so declining. Do you have any kind of data to tell us how often that is actually right? Yeah, it's been right 100% of the time going back to 1940. Oh, my goodness. That's, so, that's a pretty good indicator. This time could, yeah, that's pretty good. So this time could be different. <laughs> oh, you know, it's the thing about statistics and trends. There's always that anomaly where you can right. there is an anomaly going to happen. Right. So the market, you know, can still decline here quite a bit, but it's going to have to decline quite a bit to, to have that turn around. But that was kind of interesting. Time will tell. Yeah. So I do a technical analysis as well on a lot of things. And I do look at the S&P 500. And I was looking at the 319.50 level as a potential place that could stall the down move just because of some support and resistance levels there. The previous low? Yeah, the previous low is what I was looking at. What other types of things do you use to determine timing? Because I think timing has got to be really critical you can get your timing down for trades, that can really help you be successful in your trading. Right. Well, I wrote a book called uh, Secret Science of Price and Volume. So I do a lot of stuff in volume. If you notice yesterday, if you look on the SPYs, you had a big spike in volume. And a lot of times you get those spikes where they just kind of stand out as the market's going along. They kind of just stand out like a finger. And we had that yesterday. So if volume doesn't really increase today, then we got some sort of a low yesterday. It will actually be low today because you actually made a lower low today. So I do a lot of climatic volume type things. When the volume gets way out of whack compared to what's average over the last 30 days, a lot of times you get trend changes. And yesterday was a climatic volume because volume jumped about 30% compared to the days before. This is on the SPY. So yesterday appears to be an important day. If you look at GDX, we had a Actually, if you look over the last uh, several months in GDX, you look at all the spikes in volume, there happened to be uh, turnaround days. And so, and yesterday we had a big spike in uh, GDX where it jumped about, I like balling here, over 200% from the previous day. So that takes all the energy out of the market when it throws itself down and energy really comes in, which is volume. That seems to halt whatever was going on. If it's going down, it'll halt to the downside. If it's going up, it'll halt to the upside. So this is kind of going to start to be an important area on both markets here. Okay. So that volume spike, I was just looking at the chart as you were mm-hmm. talking. There's a volume spike on the GDX and the S&P. And so just to try to grasp my mind around it, if we're in a down move, and the volume slowly increasing, but then all of a sudden there's a really big volume spike like there was yesterday. Right. That's an indication that the move is starting to get tired. It's well, wearing yeah, out. A, it's a climax type thing. Yeah, that's yeah, it's exhaustion moves. What you know, it doesn't generally you know, if the market's going down and the volume's actually halfway keeping probably even or a little bit higher. But if you see big spikes, those are energy surges which stops whatever is going on. It was going down, it stops the downturn. It was going up, it stops the down. If you look at GDX, matter of fact, going into that last high in August, you had a big spike up, and then you went to a big spike down into the mid-August low there. You had another spike, and if you notice, market reverses. Well, I'm just looking at it. So on August 11th, the market yeah, GDX went down quite a bit. It went from 45 
to about 38. And then on the 11th was when there was the big spike, and that was the low. And it, bounced, it bounced quite a bit from there. And then yesterday, we that had a big nice spike, which is the 28th of October, for people listening to the podcast three months from now or a year from now, 28th of October 2020. So you can go back and look at your charts. There was a big spike. And today it's up a little bit. So this could yeah. be a signal of a turnaround. Right. If you notice, if most, if you have a big spike in volume, you know, a surge, normally, if you're not, put it this way, all volume spikes are at least tested. And as long as they're testing a lighter volume, that implies reversal. If you look at the August, when you said 11th low, that wasn't yeah. tested until about a month later. If you notice that. Uh-huh. And had a big spike again, and that spike in volume was lower than the August 11th low. Right. And so that's bullish. So if to break through a previous low, the volume should be at least equal or higher to keep going down. Well, it couldn't do it. So the volume is lower. Then had a test. That second spike had a test on lighter volume, and that was another short-term bullish signal. Today, we had a big spike yesterday, and the volume... Today, if it's lighter than yesterday, in other words, it didn't have energy to keep pushing down through that previous low, which is yesterday. And we can't take out the previous low to take out the previous high. So would actually give an upside target to the previous high, you know, eyeball here at about 41 or something. So hope that's yeah. not too confusing. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Well, you know, we're having a discussion and we're trying to visualize without having the chart. I have it in front of me so I can look at it, but people listening aren't going to be able to hear it. So we're trying to describe it for them. So Tim, knowing this volume spike is a really cool tool. And I've just learned this right now. So I'm really excited to talk to you because this is another tool in my tool bag here. So this is good. How do you take advantage of this to profit? Today, we gapped down a little bit. I bought options. I bought, I think it was November 20th, 40 options, strike price 40. So if I'm right, we'll go back to at least 41. I'm thinking actually we're not going to go back to 41. We're actually going to break out. If you notice GDX, we've been actually consolidating since early August, really not moving very much at all. We're in a consolidation phase since the early August highs. We're going to break out of this consolidation phase at some point. I'm thinking this is probably the last selling climax in this consolidation phase. And we're going to move uh, higher past 41, possibly much higher, probably in the low 50s, I'm thinking. 
Okay, so this is good stuff. Is this the kind of stuff that your newsletter people yeah. get on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah this is good. So for everybody that's listening to Tim and I talk right now, you guys are getting some really actionable trade ideas. And of course, trading is risky and all that stuff. And you know, you have to manage your risk and all the disclaimers that you need to do. Anything can happen in the markets. But this is really good actionable training here for you guys that are listening and watching in on live. Leadership is the most important element when it comes to successful investing. That's why each week of the Finance and Markets newsletter, we highlight a CEO who has created tremendous growth through outstanding leadership. Get the next growth superstar story by going to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. So you primarily focus on gold and the GDX is the gold miners ETF and the S&P and you really stay focused just on those two areas really? That's my market letter because I do a lot of stocks, but I've tried that in the past with my market letter. It just gets too confusing to people. So I just do ETFs pretty much and let them decide if they want to buy a stock in that industry or not, you know, or they can buy options. And, but my timing is usually because I look a lot of climatic stuff in my indicators. When everything's blowing out, I usually get pretty clear signals. At times I don't get really clear signals. It's times when nothing really blows out. And over the last several months, GDX with its uh, big volume spikes to the downside, life's been fairly good because they're easy to identify. Because you got to have volume at least on the GDX, preferably 100% compared to the days before to signal a climatic move to the downside or upside, where the S&Ps just need about 30% spikes higher than the previous days. So yesterday was an important day on both markets here. Okay. And so with that being said, there is technical and I'm in agreement with you that the fundamentals are not as reliable personally, right. but we do have the election coming up. So would you, that could be a game changer or it could cause a lot of volatility. Would you have any yeah. recommendations on how to stay safe with this upcoming election for next week? Well, the elections, it's a tough call. You know, it's, we're probably not going to have really want runaway markets. I mean, they could right before a, an election. So I don't think in whatever rallies today comes, it may go quiet here tomorrow and Monday, but it's only two days away. Right. But the indicators are suggesting that we're at least building a base on both markets, including GDX and SPYs. And the trend also had a panic reading here a couple of days ago, two, two days ago. So we got panic in the S&Ps. A lot of times, at least for this year, I noticed GDX and the S&P has been following each other. If one panics, the other panics. And so a lot of times in the previous years, sometimes the market would decline, GDX would rally, and SP would uh, advance and GDX would decline. This year has been, they've been lockstep together. So both markets are kind of confirming that there's some sort of a low billing in this vicinity. So... But that may change again next year, but just right. an observation. So, so it's, that's a market correlation, and those can go change together for some time, but then eventually they will separate and go their own way. Yeah, separate and go their own way. This year, they've been lockstep together. And yeah. why, I don't know, really don't care, but as long as you observe that. And so, so I'm thinking both markets here are getting ready to rally. And I think the GDX market, 
I'm not a really a great expert in Elliott Wave, but I've been doing it for about 30 years. But it looks like we got one more major impulse wave to the upside, GDX and the gold market, which may top out maybe sometime in February, March of next year. So it could be a good market for that for the next several months. That's how I'm looking at it. Well, I've really enjoyed learning about your volume spike and, you know, the panic and finding out when markets are exhausted. Tell me a little bit about what readers of your newsletter could expect to get. What type of insight and what are you delivered to them on a regular basis? Actually, most of my readers are, there's a lot of money managers. I say that's probably about 80% of them. I mean, I do have individual investors. But it's on the educational stuff, what we talked about, this volume spikes. I put that in my market letter. I put a lot of different technical stuff that I've learned over the years into the market letter, and I point that out on charts. So most, I don't know which way I'm right brain or right brain or left brain, but to me, it's all visual. So uh-huh. a chart tells me a lot more information than reading a paragraph about something. Right. So all my indicators are referenced. All my words are referenced to the chart. Look at this. There's a big spike, and I got an arrow point to the spike in volume, whatever. And the trend, I go back and give examples. Okay, when this happened, this is what happened in the past. So a lot of my indicators are referenced over the years. A lot of times I'll do the uh, percent. You know, when this happens, 42% of the time this happened, or 88% of the time this happened. So I got a lot of statistics going back in history compared to what was happened in the past. So markets do a lot of times repeat the same thing over and over again when it becomes irrelevant when everybody recognizes it. So I always try to use indicators nobody else is kind of using. So what type of indicators do you use on your chart? Volume was one, but what do you, is there anything else that you use? Yeah, the trend. I use a lot of panic stuff, climatic uh, type readings. When, it's, when the market is pretty steady, not saying a whole lot, a lot of times those happen in trends. They don't get too excited to the upside or downside that probably when the market's trending. When market starts getting lopsided, you'll start seeing euphoric readings and different indicators. And that's usually uh, euphoric. You're looking at a high price and volume type things. And if you're panicking, you're looking at a low. So if you're panicking up and down, you got a trading range going. And that's what kind of GDX has been doing here is kind of been panicking, a little bit of panic up, you get a top, you get a panic low volume surges. So I'm thinking this next rally in GDX, you're not going to see a euphoric move right off the bat to the upside. It's probably going to be a impulse wave, which would suggest there's not going to be a lot of euphoric readings going up. Okay. And how often do you publish your newsletter? My market letter comes out Monday through uh, Thursday. And it's three pages, but those three pages have big charts on them. So I write about a paragraph. So it's basically three paragraphs and it all points to the chart. And it comes out about an hour and a half after the close. On Fridays, if I don't have a signal, either to close out the long or whatever it is, if I don't have a signal, I won't publish anything. And if there's a signal, I'll put out a, a brief uh, email saying I sold or bought this position and give a brief reason why. Then on Monday, I'll up the reason why and show the graph why I did what I did. Uh, so that's what I do. I mean, I think there's a lot of coverage there. And I think with some of these setups that you talked about today, it could be some really good setups. I do have a book uh, called uh, Secret Science of Price and Volume. And a lot of those indicators are in that book. 
you can find it on Amazon or you can write me. I do, if you want to sign copy, it's on my website. You can buy it there. Okay. So would you recommend if someone was going to subscribe to your newsletter that they get the book along with it so that they can really get it in more in-depth understanding of uh, your trading methodology? No, because I actually, the book's fine. I mean, it gives you a blueprint what I do. I had some stuff. That book was written back in 2008. I think I had some stuff to it. But my market letter is pretty educational. It shows you the reason why I did something and points it out on the chart. And a lot of times I'll give statistics to, you know, this signal has done this in the past type thing. And I don't just have a, like a, a once method to do it. I do, I layer indicators up top indicators. So it's, it's not one indicator giving a signal. It's four or five indicators coming together to give a signal. So the more, I guess, stuff you get to qualify the signal, the more accurate it'll be. So I'm not one-dimensional. Six or seven percent are uh, dimensional. So I do a lot of different stuff to get a signal. I think that's a really great methodology because the more different confirmation, the better and the more accurate. So for anyone that wanted to check out your newsletter, can you tell us how they could find it? How could they could get it for the listeners of the show? Right. It's www.ord, that's a hyphen, oracle.com. That's my website. We are giving a two-week free trial. And or we charge $60 a month. But if you do during this podcast, we'll, do, uh, we'll double that, make it two months for 60 bucks. And after a good month or so, you'll understand how I do the market is kind of a re one signals. You see a couple of different signals. A lot of them are kind of similar to each other, a little bit different because each market signal is a little bit different, but you can see how I layer the signals all in, you know, the multiple signals I layer in. So okay. Well, that link will be in the description. So if you're listening, you can click it from the description or it's org oracle.com. You can go there. And then if you mention the, how to trade a podcast, you will get a buy one, get one free month, essentially, right? Yeah. So that's a great offer. A lot of good information, probably worth it just for the education and not to mention the trading side of things as well. So if you're listening, I highly recommend it. I just from being on this interview, I've learned a lot and really appreciated my time here with you, Tim. So thank you so much. And thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. We'll do it again, maybe. All right. Yeah, we'd love to. Maybe next time we see something crazy happening in the markets. But again, just to recap, Tim, the market timer, you guys got to go check out his site, go check out his subscription. He's got a special offer. And we'll talk to you guys later on the next episode of the How to Trade It podcast. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one. 
and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.